relaunching in-person worship has got me thinking. For over a year, church communities like this one adapted. Our buildings, the, the thing that most people identify as synonymous with church, church buildings stood largely empty. And yet, throughout it all, the work to find ways to be a blessing, to promote justice in our world, to worship God, all of that, that continued. God's spirit could not be contained because like water, spirit finds a way through. And we saw it. We saw Whitey right away outside collecting donations for people who were hungry for cross lines. And it, last summer, it was Jim Cosgrove giving a fun and much-needed benefit co concert on our front lawn last year. And it was masking up and participating in the most racially diverse event in Prairie Village's history where we caught a glimpse right out there of the future. It was hosting a learning pod for families for whom remote learning meant having to choose between having an income or educating your kids. So it was all that and more. So as we relaunch in-person worship and all of our ministries in this community, it got me thinking. Thinking about getting back to basics. About the real meaning for what we do together. And you got to know, I love baptisms. I love that moment when we look at a life and we see the potential. The intent to live the days that you are given in Christ's compassionate and merciful way. I love that. So there's this painting by John Stuart Curry called Baptism in Kansas. It's a, a picture, a painting from 1915. Take a look at it. You've got this line of white-clad young people being claimed, being included. And I don't know why this jumped out at me, but there's, that is one unhealthy-looking pastor. Anyway, this picture gets me thinking, what does a person get from being baptized, from being included? What have you heard? What have you been taught? Maybe you've heard that a person is washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Your sins are washed away. That you become part of the community of the saved. Saved. That's a big one, isn't it? You've, it's kind of the whole reason that we baptize babies today is because actually during another pandemic, the Black Plague, there was so much concern over all these unbaptized, maybe unsaved children dying that Baptism became infant baptism to assure parents that their children were safe with God. And you also got the concept of limbo that came from that. These are developed during the Middle Ages. And I get that. 
I remember the baptism of a child born prematurely whose parents were desperate to have her baptized so that she would be saved. I'm not going to argue with that. If that baptism prevented a lifetime of pain and heartache, amen. But is baptism really about being saved in the way of thinking about being saved from death into eternal life? Is it all about joining the club of those who are saved? You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. These words are probably the oldest Christian creed. They were written when Christianity was largely still considered to be a Jewish sect. They were written way before the first church building. Maybe you've heard these words before. I, I certainly have. But I'm starting to think about them differently. I guess I'd always assumed that these words were part of joining the club. When you choose to become a member of Christ's church, all the things that divide us out there, they just go away. Because in here, once you're baptized, all those labels don't matter. Now, when the Apostle Paul wrote this, he probably wasn't the person who came up with this early creed. But to get a sense of why these words matter, you got to know this context. In the ancient world, there was a cliche, a Greek saying that pretty much everybody knew, and it went something like this. I thank God every day I was born a native Greek, not a foreigner, free and not a slave, a man not a woman. Everyone in the ancient Near East knew this cliche. And it's exactly what the Christians were opposing. This is the way of the world that they wanted to see dismantled. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's still the world that needs to be dismantled. The original Christian baptismal creed, it takes this cliche and it turns it on its head. Yet in the years that followed this original baptismal creed, well, there was drift. What a woman learn in silence and all submission I will permit no woman to teach or to exercise authority over men. She must keep silent. Woman shall be saved through bearing children, provided she continues in faith and love and holiness with modesty. So first off, the Apostle Paul had been dead for over a century when these words were written, claiming that he authored them. 
Paul, the apostle who served with Priscilla as his bishop, even though to this day she doesn't usually get to be called that, Paul didn't write that. What I'm saying is that over time, things drifted. Drifted to the point that things got stuck and that to this day, most religious traditions that bear the name of Christ will not allow women to preach. Now, obviously, that's not the case in this one, but it's still the truth. The church is the last institution in America where it is still legal to discriminate on the basis of gender. Christianity was designed to dismantle caste, racism, misogyny, yet it lost its way. And that's why the whole idea of relaunching has appealed to me. And that starts by thinking about the real meaning behind who we are and what we do. This past year, the Jewish community that has worshipped for a long time in this building, they lost their rabbi, Stuart Davis, as he died. Now, obviously, the rabbi, Stuart, he was not in the community of the baptized. He was a kind, incredibly gifted leader of various Jewish communities over his course of his life. But he was outside of the Christian community. So what do we say about that? And no one has ever wanted to be a slave, either in the ancient world or in this nation's history. So to say, well, in this club, we don't see color, or that it doesn't matter. Well, that really doesn't do much if the rest of the world certainly does see color and can even regard you as less than human. When saying that it's okay to remain as you are becomes know your place. When that drift has happened, you have drifted to an unhealthy place. So what do we say about that? The ancient creed that Paul wrote wasn't about ignoring differences. It was written to dismantle the world that puts some people as more worthy than others. It wasn't about creating a new division, a new club. Paul was writing in the hope that you and I, we could recognize our solidarity in Christ. That being in Christ means that God's spirit is in everyone. That Rabbi Davis is just as much in Christ as I am, even though I know he wouldn't have put it that way. He is no less a child of God than I am. Baptism is how I acknowledge our solidarity to overcome the human tendencies to use our differences to denigrate the other, to disempower, to disenfranchise, dehumanize, and even enslave another person on the flimsy grounds that he or she is different. Being baptized is about standing in solidarity to dismantle the systems of power, of caste, and race. Being baptized is about removing that distinction between insider 
an outsider. And the miracle of baptism is reaching out beyond your own interest to see the interests of another, to work to repair the tears in the human fabric that have come from difference, to not accept systems that benefit some over others and think that that's okay or just how it is, because in Christ, there is a better way, a way that truly changes this world. So I'm starting to think of baptism as less of an entrance into the community of the saved and more of a solidarity in the truth that everyone is a child of God. And you know what? Maybe that kind of thinking, maybe that kind of thinking will save us all.